This is City AM Unregulated. I'm Emma Hazlitt. On this week's show, how to be happy at work. I just find I have moments of, of happiness quite regularly. With Gelong Tubton. I mean, we do need certain kinds of stress when we're energised, when we are uh, under pressure, but in a healthy way. I think what we're talking about here is when the stress t- tips over into being toxic. Dr Jack Kreindler. We worry a lot about the amount that we're doing, but actually we should concentrate more on building up our resilience and our capacity. And then you'll be surprised at how much you can actually cope with. Hello and welcome to City AM Unregulated, where this week we feel like a room without a roof because we are talking about happiness. We are joined by Gelong Tubton. For those of you who don't know, Gelong translates as monk and he's worked with the likes of Google to calm its workforce down. We're also joined by Dr Jack Kreindler, the serial entrepreneur and the founder of the Centre for Health and Human Performance, which essentially mixes spa, medicine and physiology. Sounds pretty chilled. So guys, tell me, how can you be happy at work? Tubton. I think um, the main thing is to understand that happiness and stress are ultimately mind states. So how we view our reality is the key point here. So maybe there are things in our workplace or in our life in general that are triggering our stress, but the deep down inside it's really about how the thoughts are operating. Are, are you? Are we having lots of negative thoughts or are we able to move towards positive thinking. Happiness really comes when you learn to take responsibility for your mind and start to train your mind, which is, of course, what mindfulness is about. But there are also many other methods, too. So it sounds like you're suggesting that it's kind of a choice. I think it is. And for many people, um, they don't see happiness as a choice. They see it as a result in that they can be happy when or happy if or happy because. And then the Mm -hmm. world has to behave a certain way to make us happy. I I think mindfulness works from the other angle, which is that you can create a positive mind state and choose that, choose to be more in that state of mind, whatever is going on around you. That's That's through meditation or mindfulness. Jack... You know, can you be a stressed and happy person? Well, well, actually, if you if you look at what stress is, it's um, uh, if you look at the physical definition of stress, it's. By the way, Tubton has joined us from Johannesburg. So what you can hear in the background there is a flock of parrots. Have you got a? Have you got a? Parrot. It does sound like a parrot. It's African birds flying over the building. Oh my god! We've got actual (laughs) atmospheric sound here. I'm really excited. (laughs) So, so if you look at the if you look at the physics definition of stress, it's force over area, uh-huh. um, and 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 you know it's uh, it's an interesting thing. So, w- what is force? It's the it's the pressure that's uh, Im- imposed on us, uh, and, and the area across which it's distributed. Then you know is 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 how much uh, stress is created. So, if you imagine taking something like um, a, a a ruler, like a like a metal ruler, and you 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 put it over the edge of a table and you push down on it. Uh, if, if lots of the ruler is spread out over the table, there's not a lot of stress on, on, the, on the ruler. And if there's not a lot that it's spread over, uh, then obviously there's an awful lot more stress. 
And it's exactly the same thing for uh, physiologically for us. We, we, we can physiologically stress ourselves or mentally stress ourselves, but if we've got people uh, to share that load with and time to share that load with and capability, resilience, um, of which mindfulness is an extremely powerful way of building um, resilience to, uh, to, to stress. We, we know that not only through thousands of years of doing it, but also through scientific study as well more recently, uh, th then actually you can you can manage an awful lot more stress. So, so, so stress is actually a very important thing for us. If we don't stress ourselves physiologically and mentally, unfortunately, uh, we, we don't adapt. If you take mountaineers, um, you know, like that's my area of specialty in medicine is high altitude medicine. Um, if you don't stress the, the body, if you don't into an area where it's experiencing low levels of oxygen, it won't develop um, the, the resilience uh, and adapt and acclimatize to that level uh, and improve performance to match the load. So, um, you know, and, and also work in general and the stresses that come from it are really, really important for us to adapt and grow and learn. Uh, without it, um, it's uh, it's not such a good, it's not such a good situation. So I wouldn't veer away from stress. What you need to veer away from is where you don't spread it spread it across enough area where you haven't got enough mental and physical resilience to cope with it and you don't have enough time and colleagues and capacity to be able to cope with it. So I'm sitting at work, I'm having a stressful day, um, some of my team are sassing me. What what can I learn from, from rock climbers and from mountaineers? Don't fall off is one <laughs> of quite quite handy one uh, from my perspective it's the closest that i get to to mindfulness actually um it's it's unfortunately lots of stimulus still around but when i'm rock climbing having that focus is actually the point in my life of the greatest uh, sort of focus and mindfulness and not allowing other things to distract me and get in the way of what what i need to do, be doing or thinking tipton i mean we we just talked about mindfulness there it seems to have become such a huge thing in in western culture so very fast why is that i think it's probably because of the scientific research so um now there's been so much data around how it helps brain activity how it reduces cortisol levels uh the the scientific evidence has made it hugely popular because as we know now if science says something works that's the sort of stamp of approval and also, I think the other reason it's become so popular is because the language in which it's taught nowadays is completely non-religious. Mm -hmm. And up until this time, up until that time, um, if you wanted to meditate, you had to go to a Buddhist center or some kind of spiritual community. And now it's a real secular path. Anyone can do it. The language of mindfulness has made it more open. I mean, even the name isn't very religious, is it? It sounds almost quite scientific. Yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest, the, the word mindfulness has been used in Buddhism for centuries, but it's just the way it's used now makes it so clear that you don't have to join a religious organization. Uh, I, I myself am a Buddhist monk, but when I go into, for example, corporate situations and teach mindfulness, I explain that from the moment I walk in the door, that I'm not there to convert them to religion. It's about training the brain. And that kind of approach is really, really popular with people. I mean, you've worked with the likes of Google UK. What kind of stresses do you see in places like that? And, and what do you recommend to solve it? I work with quite a few different, quite fast-paced companies, such as technical company, technology companies, 
and also law firms and doctors and you know people who are really in, really in the front lines of stress. And I try and teach them simple mindfulness techniques that they can practice every morning, but also very sort of um, quick methods they can apply throughout the day, almost like having micro moments of mindfulness throughout the day in order to connect yourself to the present moment, ground yourself, get yourself out of that cortisol spike and back into a balanced place. And how do you do that? Give us a little bit of a, a hint. Well, supposing you're sitting behind your desk and you're starting to feel overwhelmed and it's all getting too much for you, or, or you've just got that kind of low-lying sense of pressure, you can just take yourself out of those thoughts and put yourself into the present moment by, for example, focusing on your feet touching the floor. You feel the ground under your feet, or you become aware of the chair underneath you. You're, you're sitting in this chair and you can feel it underneath you. You might even become aware of your own breathing without necessarily changing your breathing. I mean, these simple methods just put you into that present moment and help to enhance mental clarity. And when you are focusing on your senses like that, your, your brain can't be going into a cortisol overload at the same time. It's one or the other. So you're literally diverting into a more um, uh, positive state of mind. Uh, but I do agree with what was said earlier that not all stress is bad. I mean, we do need certain kinds of stress when we're energized, when we are uh, sort of um, enthusiastic or uh, under pressure, but in a healthy way. I think what we're talking about here is when the stress tips over into being toxic and overwhelming and makes us unwell. That's the kind of stress we, we're trying to um, sort of steer away from. Well, I don't know about any listeners, but I'm feeling quite calm now. Oh, hey, you know what else would make us happy? Head to our iTunes feed and give us a rating and review on the podcast store. Seriously, do it now. The whole podcast is professional development, so it's basically work anyway. Speaking of which, let's get back to being happier there rather than having to escape it in a podcast. You know, we're, we're seeing people more time poor and just having less time for themselves. How do you recommend that people combat that? So, I, I mean, it's for me, it's a it's a combination of things. Um, uh, obviously, you know, um, Tubton has talked uh, about the importance of of mindfulness, uh, and for that not to just be something that you do once a day, but you build into uh, your, you know, your, your, your working life and your life in general. Um, but, you know, for, for me, it's, it, there's an overall approach, which involves um, how you sleep, um, as well as how you um, think whilst you're awake, uh, but also structurally, um, how, how your body physically copes uh, with stress. And, um, and for that, you know, physical fitness, um, as well as, um, as well as what you eat to kind of fuel, uh, what your body's made up of, um, is, is also very, very important too. You know, th those are things that also need to be built in to, to life, which can take time, which is the paradox, but it's always a worthwhile investment. My, my view is that actually we, we worry a lot about, um, the amount that we're doing, but actually we shouldn't worry so much about the amount we're doing. We should worry more, um, concentrate more on building up our resilience and our capacity. And then you'll be surprised at how much you can actually cope with. What about, you know, 
There's a lot of self-help books out there, things like the four-hour work week, which aim to make you ultra-productive in the shortest space of time as possible. Do you do you recommend that kind of behaviour, you know, trying to be incredibly productive, or do you think that spending a bit of time kind of spacing out is just as important? For, from my perspective, uh, you know, I, I've, I've read or heard of pretty well every single uh, way of making life more efficient. Um, and, <laughs> you know, my, 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 my view on it is, you know, as a yeah, person what's the best who one? works, <laughs> who, who, is, who, who works across various different time zones, you know, traveling quarter of a million miles a year sometimes, and, you know, having lots of patients uh, a medical practice, uh, technology companies, and a big public speaking, public engagement um, kind of uh, string to my bow. I, I, I sometimes, as well as a family, of course, who come first. I, you know, I sometimes uh, don't know which one of these books or combinations of books are ever going to really help me. Um, so, you know, sometimes uh, life just gets to the point where you know you can't, um, you can't sort of organize your way out of uh, situations. But, you know, funnily enough, I think the real route is mindfulness. I, I'm not a huge practitioner of it. I, I, I don't practice it as often as I should, um, but uh, not, not formally, let's say. But the ability to think more clearly will lead you to the tools that you need in your very specific working environment to be able to manage um, the stress an awful lot better and be more creative when um, when you need to be. Um, so for me, it's about discovering what you need, um, the tools that you need for yourself, together with having a good physical uh, level of resilience. Those are the two things um, which lead to creative solutions um, to, to to any type of working environment. Uh, as good as those self-help books are, I think they can be quite specific. Um, but really what you want is general tools. Did you know that the first ever self-help book was called Self-Help? And it was written <laughs> by an entrepreneur from the north of England. Um, <laughs> I'll move on. Tipton, do you think we're just too obsessed with happiness? Do you think we should just accept that sometimes we're a little bit down in the dumps? Well, this brings up the definition of happiness itself. Do we see happiness as a kind of buzz or a high? Or do we see happiness as a kind of stable state of contentment? I think that would be something much more useful to aim for to learn to kind of be positive no matter what's going on. So yeah, life can be incredibly hard, things go horribly wrong, and can we stay on a sort of even keel? That's how I would define happiness, rather than kind of feeling a, a particular ramped up sense of um, high. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think for me, sometimes it feels like being a bit sad is a bit cathartic occasionally. Well, certainly uh, being aware of one's emotions and uh, being intelligent about how one feels and accepting that and looking at that is a very important thing. Otherwise, we're, we're sort of just every time we feel slightly miserable, we think, oh, my goodness, this is all wrong. I should be happy. Well, just feel how you feel and let it pass. Let it process through you. I think that's very important. What characteristics do the happiest people share? I think happy people are able to handle more and able to stay positive when things go wrong. And I also think they're less self-interested. I think they tend to be more compassionate and more interested in the well-being of others rather than too self-obsessed. And Jack, would you agree with that? 
Yeah, I, I would. I think it's becoming ever more difficult to get people to define um, happiness as a, a, a state of resilience uh, or a general good place uh, rather than aiming for a high. That's just kind of a personal observation. But obviously, you know, in my work, um, when we deal in our place uh, working with, with cancer patients, helping them get through some of the toughest challenges in their lives, you obviously see them and their families sometimes at some of the most stressful and low points in their life, um, which is, you know, a far cry really from some of the levels of stress and pressure and unhappiness you see in a work situation. This is, you know, proper life and death stuff. Um, and, you know, the, the thing that makes me... Um, really surprised every single time are the kinds of folk that remain happy even in the greatest darkness and it's funny because it there is there is nothing you know that they can own or have that's a physical possession at that time it's it's more about the relationships that they've built with people the the support that they that they feel and it's the it's the kind of folk that um have that circle of love around them from loved ones caregivers family um, they have the greatest resilience and and their their ability to embrace uncertainty even when things are really dark and to be grateful for every day or every even minute that they've got um, it's again like being present rather than worrying about what's what's going to happen um, yeah it's it's certainly it's certainly a, uh, a thing that surprises me um, that people in those situations can be quite quite happy. Well, I mean, it sounds to me that both of you are saying happiness is about your relationships. Yeah, your relationship with yourself and your relationship with others. So if you can uh, have a harmonious uh, interaction with who you are and who everyone else is, then, then you've, you've kind of resolved your conflicts, I think. Tobton, you talk, we've talked about how you've been into corporate situations and talked to the workforce there. What about the leaders? How can mindfulness help them? Well, that's so it's essential. It's essential that leaders start looking at the effects their moods have on everybody else because it all kind of filters down. So if you can teach leaders mindfulness so that they learn to manage their stress levels, then, of course, they're going to be dumping their stress less on the people who work for them or work around them. And so I try and work with mindfulness, but also a sense of kind of ethics around how we use our speech and what we're doing in our daily life. I mean, that's a very important part of mindfulness is learning to be aware of one's actions and the effects one actions, one's actions have on others. So it's absolutely essential that leaders um, become more and more mindful. That, that's how the whole of society functions better if people at the top are, are behaving better, basically. <laughs> So I'll, I'll wrap up with a personal question for both of you. Jack, let's start with you. When has your happiest working moment been? Probably at the top of Mount Kilimanjaro in 2008, where we took 20 or so uh, people, half of whom were disabled and half of whom were able-bodied and, and minded, um, to achieve something where they worked together despite the odds, um, achieved something quite extraordinary. But it wasn't getting to the top that was the really great thing. It was seeing how people work together to concentrate on on, on the goal at hand and, and get each other psychologically and physically to a place they'd never been before. And that was great. Sounds like a tough job, but someone had to do it. Tubton, what about you? 
it's hard for me to pinpoint a single event because I just find I have moments of, of happiness quite regularly and I'm just enjoying being able to try and help others transform their lives. And I'm in so many different situations doing that. It's hard to pinpoint one particular moment. Um, I try to just live each day the best I can. And a big part of mindfulness is to let go of the past and not worry about the future, but be in the here and now. And you can be happy just standing on a train on the London Underground, unable to get a seat. But if you're in a mindful state, you feel great. So <laughs> it's a sort of ongoing thing rather than peaks and, and particular events. Well, I think we've solved the uh, key to happiness. That's pretty great. <laughs> um, <laughs> now let's write a self-help book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We will call it Self-Help 2. Gerhard Tobton and Dr Jack Kreindler, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you so thank much. You. That's great. With thanks to guests Gerhard Tubton and Dr Jack Kreindler and our podcast producer Jamie Wareham, this has been City AM's Unregulated Podcast. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher or with RSS with your fave podcast app. Remember, this show is ripe for advertising and sponsorship. Email advertising at audioboom.com to find out how you can hear your brand right here. And this week's Twitter conversation. Tweet me at Emma Hazlitt, that's with two T's, with a gif inspired by this week's discussion that shows us just how happy you are at work right now. You're welcome. City AM Unregulated is an Audio Boom production.